And I think just collectively, it's it's created a, an environment where the 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 various state and local governments are really trying to help each other. And and when one finds something, they're using their associations to help others know that it, that it will work. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button for future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. COVID-19 continues to make major impacts, especially in government funding. Today, Zach Morris, Principal and Director of Government Services Practice at Ray Associates, and Ken Richards, Principal at Ray & Associates, are here to talk about the latest and greatest in government funding and our most recent merger with Kennedy Cottrell Richards. Welcome to Unsuitable, both Zach and Ken. Great to have you on. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's good to be on. Absolutely. I wish we were uh, together in person, uh, Ken, perhaps at, at Three Tigers. We should all be sitting there having a having a local beer uh, right now, but uh, such is life today. So unfortunately, maybe next time we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll get Zach down to, uh, to Licking County and, uh, you know, get him, get him some three tigers there. So there we go. that sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, welcome gents. Um, again, appreciate you having on obviously a lot of, a lot of unknowns. And, and one of the things, you know, I, I continue to, to look at, particularly in, in like the construction space, and I'm interested to hear your guys' take on it. What are, what are the concerns at this point about government funding as we look into 21? What are you hearing uh, along those lines? It's got to be a, a top of mind for for all of all of your clients in in the government segment, isn't it? But let's start with you, Zach. Yeah, yeah, Doug. It, it's interesting. I think you you look at this. There, you know, I was just doing a quick search you know, as preparing for some of this and what we were looking for. And just the Auditor State's office in Ohio has listed a, over 100 different uh, grant programs that um, that have stemmed from the CARES Act and, 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 and similar type items that have come in through as, as a way, as a mechanism to flow some funding into our state and local governments. And just like you said, the big concern is 21. Um, a lot of our county and uh, municipal, municipal governments have gotten some coronavirus relief funding that uh, that needs to be liquidated before the end of this calendar year. So um, there's there's a lot of short-term patches going on right now, but um, obviously we don't know some of the long-term effects and and some of the long-term economical effects that the economic effects that will trick down trickle down into our state and local governments and what that will be long-term. Yeah, and, and Ken, along those lines, obviously you've got the long experience in dealing with a lot of those, those um, you know, uh, state and local entities and municipal entities uh, across the, the entire spectrum. Really, when we're talking about tax revenues, though, it is they haven't seen the full impact of that yet, have they? Or will that, won't that most likely 
more so be in 21 that the impact of the reduced tax revenues will I think so. And that's uh, Zach and I actually, that's a great question, Doug. We're talking about that this morning. And you think about the across the board impact on the on the local governments, even state agencies, you've got the income tax, sales tax, sales and use tax, hotel motel tax, and what's happened to all those industries and segments. And that's a decrease. And with property tax, that's in arrears. So you're going to see, I think you're going to see decreases in all those funding sources, you know, continue to go down as, as the payments come in. And, and just, you know, case in point, we were talking this morning, just look at what happened with most municipalities' income taxes this year. You know, you typically do April. I think most of us, what, what did we say, Zach? I think we July. July. Um, that has an mm-hmm. impact, you know, especially at county that's then dispersing it out to uh, you know, other taxes going to counties, it's then dispersing it out or the, even the income taxes. So those are just delayed impacts. But then the the actual decrease in people paying those taxes, I think, is going to have a long term effect uh, that we just don't know yet. I was talking to a treasurer the other day working on their five year forecast. And, they're you know, that's really they're really struggling with that right now just mm-hmm. because they don't know the the true impact. And and. Uh, something Zach mentioned was this money that's coming out so quickly and then a short, short turnaround time to spend it. That puts me in mind of, you know, the, the last big era, aura, you know, however you want to say it, tomato, tomato, all that money that came out so fast and the regulations in a lot of cases trailed behind, but yet the mm. governments were told to spend, spend, spend. And then, auditors come in and audit it you know it just there's a lot of things happening here so that's a long answer to your short yeah a lot a lot going on there a lot to to unpack along those lines zach i mean you know we've seen obviously recessions before i think back to the the great recession eight nine ten time frame and you you obviously experienced that as well with, with the the you know government segment client base and and the reduced revenues that followed, what was most impacted it, that you saw through that period for for those different agencies? You know, when when you look at that, you know one of the things that Ken mentioned was the the era funding that happened at the at the time of the, the recession, and that's what he was referencing here was that America uh, Recovery and Reinvestment Act that happened, and there was a, there was a lot of federal stimulus money that was that was injected into the state and local governments, and 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 so that was really some of the biggest impact that we saw then. Obviously, similar to what anyone else would feel outside of the, the government environment is there, there's always there, you have the, op, there's items result in fee compression. There's, um, there's new competition that comes into, to our world. It would be firms that um, sometimes wouldn't do work in this type of industry, but then will will come in. But when, when you look at what we impact, a lot of it was uh, actually, there was, there was more compliance requirements that were built around the funding streams. And, and that's kind of what we're experiencing right now, too. And as Ken mentioned, you know, one of the things you see is, is the government injects all of these, these federal, these program, these funding sources and these programs, and then the, uh, the regulations around them trail. So, um, you know, I, I think I think back to a lot of it in, in the pot here in the uh, webinars. I listened to you talking about the uh, the PPP money. 
in, in the SBA and how it was continuously changing. And that was an uh, evolutionary process. And that's exactly what we're experiencing now. We're waiting on the office of management budget to, uh, they're they're having a they're going to have a COVID supplement to the, the for compliance items for monies that are currently being spent, but we don't have that supplement yet. So there wow. there there are just some things out there that we we know is coming. We have a general idea. Our clients of um, the state and local government agencies have done a wonderful job of getting themselves up to speed the best they can. But there are just a few things here and there that we don't know yet that we'll be playing catch up on when some of that comes out. Yeah, I think it's it's harder too. People forget, uh, you know, me not being obviously a, a, a government uh, expert like you guys, and and you know, public entity expert. You know, the the federal government doesn't have to balance its budget. In fact, rarely if ever does. But this our state and and the, you know local governments they do. So when revenues change, right? Expenses have to change immediately. There's no such thing as deficit spending there. And, Ken, maybe talk a little bit about what what you see there in terms of the impact and just kind of dealing with that from an agency perspective. The the decrease in funding is that? Yeah, I mean, just in in general, trying to manage that so quickly. All of a sudden, when when you know their revenue sources decline so so quickly, so rapidly. Well, I, I guess I've got a perfect example of it. You know, I won't name it, but there's a, a large state agency that we work with that literally overnight because of COVID, their entire funding stream changed. And, you know, it's the first one that I've seen impacted this drastically, but they actually had to turn around and lay off 70% of their workforce. And this is a a significantly large state agency. And then they had to turn around in the six or seven that are still on payroll, so to speak, have actually been lent to another state agency and they're they're worked out a payroll arrangement to to where they can at least continue to keep their agency afloat until the funding gets back in place um, because it's a user fee funded state agency so i mean that's an extreme you know the, the i think the typical governments that we're dealing with the schools like i talked about and the counties and the cities they're just fortunate enough that the there is a baseline revenue coming in from the tax base, but but they are looking out not just not five years, five months. And, and how can we deal with this? And, you know, are we cutting programs, cutting hours? Uh, what can we do to deliver our services, but on a on a much skinnier or unknown funding situation? Because even, yeah, like you- even with this COVID injection, you know, it, it, there it's tough to sustain until revenues get back up to where they were. So if you have a three month injection, but the the crisis lasts eight or 10, you know, you've got a seven month shortfall, right. That you've got to be thinking about until you get reestablished. So. And, and like you said earlier too, and this is unique to, to uh, public agencies, their, their budgeting requirements are different, right? Zach, so Zach, maybe you can talk about that. I know like the state of Ohio, correct, has a biannual budget. So it has to be a two-year budget. Uh, some of the other agencies obviously are different. They're looking at, you know, longer term budgets. It's not like a business where they can necessarily just 
sort of change that on the fly, as it were. Correct? Yeah. And, and that's, um, you know, that, and that's interesting and in, in how all this impacts budgets for especially local governments. When you look at uh, your municipalities, your counties, your school districts um, who have administrative code requirements on when they budget and how they budget. And, and like you had indicated before, there are limitations on deficit spending as far as the code. And it's really designed to prevent deficit spending. So obviously, if your revenue streams decrease, you need to modify your 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 budgeted expenditures to to align with that. And so I think, in, as Ken mentioned, for in the short term, they they have had the ability to uh, use some of this the funding sources that have been coming in to replace that. And there are some grants out there for some of our user entities, uh, user fee type governments that are replacing revenue and doing some of those types of things. But it's it's all really, and like we said, it's all short term right now. And and everybody going through this budgeting process and looking ahead. Um, and forecasting is is really just using the best guess that they have at this time. And it's it's just it's just yeah. it's you know just as it is across the board and 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 what it's done um, to 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 industry to different things. It's it's having a very similar impact in, in our state and local governments. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've and and so much is unknown as you suggest. I read earlier this week. There's a proposal in uh, the Ohio legislature to change the the withholding requirements um, on an individual level. I'm sure you guys have probably heard about this, but, you know, there's so many folks obviously working from home at this point. And, you know, there's been uh, some folks raised the, you know, kind of raised the question, well, I'm working from home, but yet, you know, maybe I worked in Columbus. That's where my company was located. My taxes are still being withheld as if I'm in Columbus, yet I'm not there. And so there's some Republican proposals to change that, which would massively impact certain, uh, you know, certain uh, revenue streams, income tax. You know, I I can't even imagine the trickle down of something like that. Have you guys heard much about that at all, Ken? Have you? I was going to say, I I do know here, like, you know, right after the crisis started, there was some legislation that, in essence, knowing that everybody was working remotely, there was some legislation that that basically indicated your principal place of employment is going to be treated as it was prior to the crisis. So, you know, we have heard and, and with you know, with what we're considering now is is what we're talking about with our new normal. There, there's there's a lot of uncertainty on on when or if that flow for businesses and state and local governments will will go back into those those urban centers and, and some of those places where that tax was generated and used. Um, so yeah, yeah it, could, it could have a, a very big impact on on a lot of these governments who are who rely on on that uh, that tax source and that revenue stream is a big part of their budget. Yeah, and Ken, you obviously you work a lot with a, a, lar- a large number of school districts as as well. Um, I'm curious to see what what you've seen uh, fr- from that perspective in terms of you know uh, are, are they all in, in crisis mode or or is it uh, differ by uh, school district depending on their individual situation. I mean, obviously they're all adapting to this either hybrid or some are all remote. Some are still trying to do in-person, but increased expenses. What, what's the impact at the school district level? Well, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's similar across really all governments. Uh, there's certain 
key factors that all these governments had to deal with that they never thought they'd have to even be thinking about, right? Like you hit it, the hybrid method. Well, to go to a hybrid method, that's not cheap and it's not something they had in their back pocket. Most of these schools had to move quickly and look for a, a, a company that could provide them with that service. And so there's a great example of an uh, unplanned significant cost. I think you've seen that, Zach, as well. I mean, that's a significant cost. And then and then I, I think it was the National School Board Association. I, I had it on my desk in my office, but just the the just to deal with COVID the way the Department of Health is saying that each and every school district should, you're, t- you're not talking thousands, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. that they weren't planning on sanitizing PPP, you know, the, the protective gear equipment. How do you get kids from classroom to classroom six feet apart and how do you house that many children and 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 bossing and it's just uh, across the board everything you can possibly think of and i know you've probably been in tune with it here in granville you know there's lots of meetings at our school going on when they were planning all this just how do you do it a and then 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 how do you pay for it right yeah that's always the question and then you know going back to uh, your your comment on the the local income tax. Uh, I just think uh, we do. We work with another large state agent or another large government downtown that owns parking garages, right? Wow! Yeah. Think about think think about that. When you used to go downtown Columbus, you couldn't find a place to park. You can go down there right now, anywhere you want to go, and find a premier parking spot. Because Great point. So you take six, 10 parking garages out of the equation that's generating that much revenue every. So, I mean, when you really start thinking about your clients, even governments and the different services they offer, they're, they're all impacted different ways. Yeah, that's yeah, excellent point. So, Zach, if you had to try to pinpoint a couple of things for, for your clients as, as we move forward into the next calendar year, obviously most of the clients you do with, they have, they have different fiscal years uh, being uh, government public agencies, but what, what are you trying to get them to focus on uh, as, we, as we move forward here? You know, I think one of the things that I could say here um, is a, a lot of what I would would hope and, and expect they're all doing. You know, we're getting a lot of communication right now from clients who are looking ahead, trying to do those things. Um, our, our state auditor's office has done a wonderful job of, of helping outline what those funding sources are, making resources available to our state and local governments to help them identify what they can and can't spend the monies on and, and go through a lot of that, a lot of the process with them. And, and I think just collectively, it's, it's created a, an environment where the, the, the various state and local governments are really trying to help each other. And, and when one finds something, they're using their associations to help others know that it, that it will work and, um, levels of communication have increased and, and just the information sharing and, and different things that, uh, that everyone's doing, knowing that everyone's going to have a little bit different impact, but we're all experiencing the same crisis. And, and uh, just the, I would say, you know, just some of the, the 
uh, collaboration is created has been very beneficial. And I think we're learning, we're learning a lot of things right now, learning a lot of things about how our clients are adapting to do things differently, how as a firm we've tried to adapt to do things differently. And, and um, I, I would say most of what I would want to see and would have hoped to have seen everybody's doing. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I can have. That's awesome. Yeah. Great to hear that even at, you know, certainly public agency level, we're seeing a lot of that collaboration and, uh, and communication. So speaking of which, Ken, your, your firm, uh, has, has merged into, uh, Ray here effective, uh, September 1st, I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about how, how that process has been, you know, you talk about, uh, collaboration and, and communication and, you know, Hey, full transparency here. Obviously that's, that's kind of a whole new world, uh, uh, you know, joining up with uh, with our firm, not that you haven't known a number of folks for, for a long time, but what's that process been like? Uh, and what what can you, what wisdom can you share with our audience out there as they, if they ever go through, uh, you know, a transition in their business to, to think about? Well, I told Zach, I think in early last week we were talking, I said, you know, have you ever felt like you're trying to get a drink out of a fire hose? <laughs> Um, so I, I have my days like that, but uh, you know what? Overall, uh, the process has just went uh, really well. I, I mean, it's uh, you know just starting from the merger date forward, but you really got to back it up to just how we got there, and you know from when the discussion started to the the pandemic starting, and then still plowing through it. it it's just been a great process, and. You know, the, the culture, the culture was the biggest thing that Bill, Jared and I all were looking for and Ray's culture just lined up perfectly. And, and, you know, this isn't your first merger. Well, obviously was our first merger. So, you know, the, the team at Ray has just been phenomenal trying to help us, you know, through the entire process. So, um, I don't go a day where I don't ask probably too many questions, but there's always, uh, you know, there's, uh, like I said, Ray's been through this and I think probably each time they've gotten better and better at it. But our transition is, I think, exceeding the expectations I had. Uh, I thought it would be a lot more painful than what it has been. And and, uh, um, I think part of that has been, you know, for a few years, Zach and I have actually Oh, I don't know, co-opt or work together on some projects. And, and I've gotten to know a lot of Ray uh, people in the government division over the, over the last few years. And, and that's definitely helped. Yeah. I think that's key. As you said, you know, really, when you look at it, you started, you know, several years ago with that. And, and obviously Zach, you know, kudos to you for helping, you know, build that, that relationship and, and help make it more, smooth and comfortable for, for those guys. So that's, that's awesome. Great stuff. Uh, and it, now it definitely been, uh, you know, and just from our side, been, been thrilled to have the the team join us. And, you know, the, the hardest thing, you know, we, we talked a lot about the, the virtual work environment and what everybody's doing. So just trying to, the, I think the biggest challenge in all this is just trying to get everyone integrated. And, and uh, we, we, so we've been doing a lot of that through zoom and, um, you know, you, you know, in so many different environments, we would have had uh, social hours, we would have had different happy hours, we, we would have done a lot of those things that we're, we're just trying to find new ways to do, um, um, and not lose that, uh, that contact between our between our teams. So I, I think we're, we're working through it, but now thrilled to have them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 
gents, I, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to to be on today and, and share your insight. And uh, we'll certainly have to get together uh, soon at, at Three Tigers and have uh, have some adult beverage and and uh, enjoy enjoy each other's company. So we'll get, uh, we'll have to work on Ken. We'll work on Zach and, and get that done. I was going to say, yeah. I know you. I know you can count me in. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds absolutely. good. All right. Well, thanks, gents. And more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 